Good morning. If you would, stand to your feet. Let's worship the Lord. Put your hands together. He is faithful. You believe that this morning? Come on, put those hands together. Help us out.
Yes, he has paid the highest price. Sing it out. And he has proven his great love for us. And we will praise him with our Aren't you glad he is faithful even when we're not faithful? Amen. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Grace of you. 
don't know if that gets to you. Boy, that just uh, that gets all over me. Amen. My chains are gone. I've been set free. Amen. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, your chains are gone. You're set free. Now we have this thing called free will. We can always choose to put those chains back on. But Jesus has given us the keys to hell and to death. Amen. He's given us the keys to our freedom. All we got to do is say, yes, Lord, I accept that. And I want you to turn around. I want to tell somebody this is a good day today. Amen. We're going to have a good time. Tell somebody you're glad to see them this morning. Let's fellowship for just a little bit. And then we're going to continue on. good fellowship you can go ahead and find your place and uh, go ahead and be seated for a moment hello all right all right we're gonna sing happy birthday today is mr. Trammell's birthday and Jared but Jared's not here today his wife had something special for him I'll do something special for you sometime honey okay Andrew we're going to sing happy birthday. Well, yes, that's fine. Here we go. Oh, isn't that pretty? It's a rock yes. and roll birthday, yeah, isn't it? y'all 29 feels amazing amen yeah hey just uh, a few announcements first things first though if do we have any visitors today for the first or second time we don't want to embarrass you but we do want to give you a card to fill out and you can put that in uh, anybody first time visitor second time visitor slip a hand up anybody everybody's home folk everybody's home folk oh got one over here all the way on the other side who's coming who's it coming They'll get to you over there, brother. All right. Fill that out. Put that in the uh, offering basket on your way out. We're so glad that you're here today. Uh, don't forget, uh, we uh, giving can be done uh, in an envelope. We've got envelopes back there uh, with cash or check, but you can also give online. We always want to remind you of that. Uh, the giving online is right there on the screen. You go to giving.landmarktyler.com, and uh, you can give online. Set it up one time, and then you don't have to set it up anymore. Uh, don't forget, we always need more volunteers. Uh, I'm going to talk about that this morning. I'm going to talk about serving because we're going to honor uh, Miss Cindy and Brother Gary for all their years of service. 
but guess what happens, amen, as, uh, as uh, we people step aside and, uh, and Miss Cindy and Brother Gary aren't going anywhere, uh, but we're just, uh, they're passing the baton. We're going to pass the dawn, uh, baton to um, Brother Brian and Miss April Scarborough, uh, and uh, thank the Lord, God gives us somebody to stand in the gap, amen? I don't know if you've ever heard that sermon, uh, but it's in the Bible. Uh, we've got to stand in the gap. That means more people got to serve. Uh, this church is no different than others. Uh, for every 100 people, there's about 20 people that do everything. They do all the work, and that's not the way it should be. Everybody should be serving. God called us all to be in the game, nobody to sit on the sidelines, amen? So we're going to talk about serving today. Uh, but if you can volunteer, we need volunteers for our yard team. We also need volunteers for our cleaning team. And uh, so uh, if you can do that, uh, that helps us. Uh, we don't have to pay uh, outside people to come and do those things. So uh, see, uh, you can see Kate if it's cleaning team uh, for that. Yard team, uh, Brother Gary, I saw him right back there, see him. Uh, we also need help always with Children's Church uh, for uh, Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. Uh, and even if you can't teach, if you can go and just uh, go in there and help uh, help corral kids, uh, we need some of that. Uh, Celebrate Recovery is every Monday night at Green Acres. Uh, I'm always there uh, running sound, so uh, let me know if you're coming. It's dinner at 6 and a service at 7 and then small groups at 8 o'clock. There's brochures on the back table. And like I said, text me if you're coming so I know to meet you there. Uh, movie night, we're doing this once a month, but we're having movie night tonight, so come back at 6 p.m., uh, we've been watching The Chosen, and uh, we will have free popcorn and candy and have a good time here tonight. And uh, then in a couple of weeks, we are going to have a Super Bowl party, amen? And I think, uh, is the sign-up sheet still back there? All right, would you go get it? It's probably, we took it Wednesday night into the fellowship hall. We'll have a sign-up sheet back there. If you're going to come, uh, come on. Uh, if you can bring some food, uh, it's just going to kind of be a potluck deal. So uh, sign up and put your name down for some food. Uh, that'll start at 5 p.m. Uh, on February the 11th. That'll be a couple of weeks away. And uh, then also needing help with desserts on Wednesday night. You may say, well, I can't do this, I can't do that. Everybody can make a dessert, amen? I myself have bought a box of brownies, and I can put a couple of eggs in there, and I can whisk them around, and I can stick them in the oven, amen? But we need help with desserts on Wednesday night. These people, one thing you'll discover about Landmark, uh, they do like their desserts because I see people come in, and they start with dessert, and they end with dessert, amen? And we want them to be able to do that, amen? But in order to do that, we got to have desserts, all right? So we need you to, uh, to help us by making desserts on Wednesday night. I think uh, right underneath, uh, all right, Brother Nelson found it. On that clipboard right underneath there is another sign-up sheet for desserts for Wednesday night. So let us know if you can help on that at all, all right? All right, um, Brother Richard and uh, Ms. Tracy are going to sing in a minute, but Brother Richard has something he wanted to uh, share this morning. So I'm going to give that over to him. I'm probably going to need some help from everybody, but I want to try to bring up, bring us together as a church from time when Brother Mike passed away and uh, how well the Lord has put everything together. I'm so full, I can hardly talk. But the Lord has blessed our church in so many ways. I'm glad we've got an extra audience here this morning because not what I'm saying, but what the Lord's got to say. When we walk through those double doors, we should, our life, we're in a different atmosphere. We've, we've shut the world out. 
And I'm so glad that we have quiet times in our life. I had one of those this morning, and the Lord put a nugget in my mind that I needed to say what I'm going to say about a lot of you knew Brother Mike. Some of you didn't. He was a loving person. He loved people. He made things happen, and he made, he made this happen in our church. We came together. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but Brother Mike and Julie were music ministers in Longview, and Mark wanted to come back to Tyler, and I can't blame him. And uh, he wanted to start a little church and his ministry of singing and everything, and they have done so well. What I'm saying is the spotlight is on Brother Mike, excuse me, Brother Mark and Julie today. I want to put his, I want everybody to know what we have as pastors, how precious they are, how they love people, and our church is growing. It's increasing. I have backed off and just seen how much love our church has after I lost my wife. Everybody was there for us in prayer. We could have gone easily the other way. and uh, But if you've been saved, God's going to take care of you. And he's took care of me for, this has been 14 months. And I'm standing in a different place now than I was then. Back then, it was very hard and difficult. But I'm, I've been able to come through it. The Lord has helped me. He will help you in any situation that you're going through because I'm live proof of that. He has helped me in so many ways. But uh, Brother Mark came. I was going to try to do it in five minutes. I can't do it. But Brother Mike came, uh, Brother Mark came back from Longview, and he organized a little church, and uh, then they didn't have a place to have church. They sold the lease or whatever. We had the church over there on 248 before we built here. He said, Mark, we use our little dome on Sunday morning but we don't use it of evening, and you can have church there. That's what kind of man Brother Mike was. And so, anyway, everything went real well, and his church was still growing, and we were still growing good, but Brother Mike's health had begun to fail him. So Brother Mike shared with me one afternoon, we was either visiting or going fishing. He had two loves. He loved to preach. He loved to fish. And we were talking, and he said, Richard, uh, my life's going to be short. He said, I'm losing my will to preach. I mean, not will to preach, excuse me, but my air is getting closer and closer. I can't breathe like I should. And he said, we've got to have, I'm not just going to turn my church over to anybody. He said, I'll tell you that. But he said, I have a couple in mind. And you know how hard it is to get pastors now. They, they're hard to find. And we didn't have to go through all of that, you know, our pulpit committee and all that. He said, I have a couple in mind. And Brother, brother Mark and Brother Julie were just like brother and sister to Brother Mike. 
He said, I'm going to mentor y'all and teach you the ropes. And he had to do it in a short time because he, he became very ill uh, mighty quick. And so they have just done, done so great because of what Brother Mike has done for them, what the Lord has done for them. Look, what it's, look how we've come together as a church. It was just like a puzzle coming together. There was no uh, opposite or anything that everybody just liked the way things were going. And this being a new year, I wanted to say these few words about how we need to just... Um, Brother Mark has been preaching some wonderful messages, and the one he preached the other day, he said, you invite people to church? Well, I might come, but I may have something else that I, I need to do. And he said, you don't might come, or maybe I can come. You be there. And that has stuck with me, you know. Of course, I'm a deacon in the church, but it's still, you need every little help you can get to come to you. And that stuck with me. Then he preached the sermon, uh, where are you going to be in five years? I don't know. I'm getting old. I might be gone on up, you know. But do what you can and try to be better this next five years than you've been in the past, and I'm talking to myself as well. But we came together as a big church. I mean, we're not as big as uh, Green Acres, but I tell you, we've got as much love here and things going on, activities, loving people, witnessing to people, and that's what, all, that's what church is about. All of us make the church. The church is just a building. I didn't really know what all I had to say, but I got to cut it short. But I want all of you to uh, see how great we're doing. And God is helping you in any kind of area that you're in. If you have doubt or I don't think we can do it, Brother Mike, he was never like that. If you told him he couldn't do it, Brother, we're going to do it. Amen. And let's that, let's he, sing, Brother Richard. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and cut it off right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just do, I'm going to do a Brother Mike to you. Let's sing, Brother Richard.
we thank you so much, God. And may we just every day learn to lean more on you, God. I pray, Lord, that, God, you would just, Lord, teach us that. May those not just be words on a page or on a screen, God, but may that be the, the cry of our heart, Lord. And we thank you that, Lord, we don't have to fight this battle alone, that, Lord, you go before us today and you fight every single battle for us. The battle belongs to you, Lord, and we sing that to you today. God, we thank you. We praise you. We thank you for every good thing that you've done and every good thing that's going to happen in this place today. We pray it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet if you would. The battle belongs to the Lord. You believe that? When all I see is the battle, you see the victory. Yeah, come on. When all I see is the mountain, you see a mountain move. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me.
stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. So when I today. You don't have to fight your battles alone. Uh, we're going to let the kids go right now. So if you got kids for children's church, the big kids are going to meet over here at this door, the little kids over there. And uh, we're going to, the kids are going to come back in about 20 minutes and uh, we're going to have our recognition service. Uh, but I'm going to just give y'all a word real quick. All right. So uh, the kids can go on out and they're going to come back in in about 20 minutes. And then uh, we're going to, uh, to recognize uh, Miss Cindy and Mr. Gary. But I wanted to take this opportunity to just share something with you uh, and use Miss Cindy and Brother Gary kind of as our, uh, as our uh, example on this. And the, the title of it is The Blessed Life of Serving. Now, Miss Cindy and Brother Gary have kind of given their uh, lives over to working with our children for the last 30 years. 30, did you hear that? 30 years. And I'm going to say some words here. Uh, yeah, give them a big hand. Amen. And those words are consistency, loyalty, servanthood, a servant's heart. And that doesn't just happen because you did it one week or one month or one year. That comes from standing in the gap and doing it for years and years and years. And we love you guys, and we want to thank you. But here's the reality, folks. Uh, we're all getting older, aren't we? I, myself, today am getting older. Amen? And so what, what, we, what we've got to realize is I've kind of come to the conclusion that I'm kind of entering into kind of the last chapters of my life. And so what do I need to share? I need to share and begin to work on that I need to be preparing somebody else because guess what? Uh, the Lord's coming for me one day. Either he's coming back in the air or I'm going to meet him. But either way, time is short. And guess what? One day I won't be here to do what I'm doing. One day you won't be here to do what you're doing. So we should be constantly giving ministry away. Amen? Because somebody has to come and stand in the gap. Now what am I saying to the rest of you? To the rest I'm saying you need to be serving uh, with everything you've got till our very last breath. Now, even in this, in giving Miss Cindy and Brother Gary a break, they're not retiring. They're not going anywhere. In fact, they're, they're going to continue to serve. They're going to continue to teach. We're just trying to relieve some of the stress of the organization and putting all, all that together. Uh, but guess what? They'll, Miss Cindy, Brother Gary, I know y'all well enough to know, you're going to do it until you take your very last breath. But what we've got to learn to do is we've got to give ministry away. Otherwise, the church will die. 
if we don't give ministry away, the church will die because when I die, if somebody's not here to step in and fill in the gap, then guess what? It dies. So we've got to all learn that God has put us here, and especially you younger people, and I say this younger people, I say this, anybody uh, who's, you know, 65 or below, basically, amen, <laughs> step up and do your part. Again, it's a sad fact of the matter, but we all know the statistics is that out of 100 people, only 20 will step up and do all the work. And that is not the way it should be. This is why people burn out. This is why people uh, fall out of ministry. But here's what we've got to understand. If everybody does their part, then everything gets done. And nobody burns out. Amen? Because here's the thing you've got to understand. If you get on the cleaning team and there's plenty of volunteers on the cleaning team, you only have to come and clean once a month. But what do we do? We, we want to give excuses why I can't be on the cleaning team. Well, I, I can't be here when they do it. You don't have to be here when they do it. Uh, listen, I, I can run a vacuum cleaner. Did y'all know that? I am not a, a very clean person. Ask my wife, amen? But my wife, she's a professional cleaner. She cleans uh, businesses and houses. And so I go with her, and I am the sole employee of Julie Trammell Cleaning Incorporated, amen? And I have one job and one job only because I'm not good at any of the rest of it. But guess what? I can crank that vacuum cleaner, amen? And guess what? Any of you... Anybody can run that vacuum cleaner. Well, I can't be here when they do it. Guess what? That vacuum cleaner plugs right in here in this plug, and it works any time of the day. Amen? So this building has to be cleaned after Wednesday night and before Sunday morning. That's the normal thing. Now, the, the, the team normally comes on Thursday night. Well, you know, but that's not good for me. It's not good. It don't matter. Come on Wednesday night. Enjoy a free dinner get fed spiritually, and then get that vacuum cleaner when we say amen and come in here and plug it in and vacuum this building. Or come up here on Saturday morning or come up here early on Sunday morning. It don't matter. None of it has to be. All, we are easier and it's easier to come up with excuses than it is to get off our tail and go do something we know needs to be done. Now, again, I don't mean this to be harsh, although I do a little bit, Amen. But you've got to understand, things have to be done, and it requires all of us to step up and stand in the gap. Thank the Lord that Brian and April came along, and we had somebody to come in and stand in the gap for Miss Cindy and Brother Gary. Amen? Yeah. But that doesn't just happen. That has to be people coming in and saying, Lord, remember what uh, Isaiah said? Here my Lord, send me. Here my Lord, use me. And rather than coming up with excuses... Why don't we just get it together and just step in? Again, I don't care when you do it. I just know that it has to be done. Somebody has to clean those toilets in there. Now, we're going to talk today about, you know, everybody sees the spotlight positions. You know, well, I don't want to clean toilets. I want to lead worship. Well, guess what? You can't lead worship here until you know I know you can clean a toilet. Amen? <laughs> Amen? Everybody wants the spotlight, but guess what? All of the other stuff has to be done. And what does the Bible say? Prove yourself faithful in the little things, and then I will bless you and give you more. Amen? That's a biblical principle. So you've got to prove yourself, and it all has to be done. Now listen, I, I told you, I'm, I'm not a great cleaning person, but guess what? I know that it has to be done. And guess what? On Wednesday night, 
If you see a child, and we got a lot of children here, bless God, and they're going crazy, and it's wonderful. It's a wonderful time. It's chaos, but it's godly chaos, amen? And we're feeding kids that that might be the only hot meal they get all week. We're loving on kids that probably nobody pays attention to them at home. But guess what? They're messy. But guess what? I know y'all. Y'all are messy too. Maybe not in the same way, but we're all messy because we're human beings. But when when one of those little children come and they get a, uh, a cup of water or tea and boom, spill it. Or they drop that plate all over the floor. I see some people, they rush to it. And I see other people go, boy, somebody needs to clean that up. <laughs> now we laugh, but that's the truth, isn't it? Uh, why are you too good to stop and bend down and clean that up off the floor? I'm going to tell y'all a story. This is gross. I know y'all going to go eat after this, but my wife, before we even got married, she was involved with me in ministry before we even got married. And I was serving, y'all know where New London is? I was serving at New London Baptist Church, and we had a lock-in one night. And in my wisdom, I decided it would be a great job, a great thing to have chili dogs, feed them all chili dogs, and then play games and get them all running and gunning right after chili dogs. I, I still hadn't learned everything, amen. And the church, the, the kitchen was upstairs, and then there was a beautiful set of red stairs and it, that went down to the auditorium. So we had fed them the chili dogs. They'd run all over the place doing that. And I said, all right, we're going to go down for the service. And so they all go down, and you remember the old-style churches? It was that beautiful red, it was that blood of Jesus carpet, amen? And so there was beautiful red carpet all the way down that stairway, and I had about two or three of them kids run down there. And all of a sudden, them chili dogs kicked in. And I had a couple of kids just all over that beautiful blood of Jesus carpet. Amen. Now, me, I got a bad gag reflex. And I said, I don't know who's going to clean that up. But if I go down there, I'm just going to add mine to it. And so then so there were some older ladies there helping us with the dinner, and they were like, oh, I, I, no, Brother Mark, I, I'm the same way. And I'm like, well, who's going to clean it? And my little bride, my fiance at the time, gets down there on her hands and knees, and she cleans that throw up off of that red carpet. She showed me that night how much she loved me. Probably more than that, she showed me how much she loved Jesus. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, that's what we're called to do. And even Jesus exemplified this. Jesus didn't have any any business doing the low man jobs. But hours before the cross happened, one of his last messages to his followers was this. Look at uh, the scripture. And many of us know this story. It's uh, John chapter 13, verses 3 through 16. This is hours before the cross. And Jesus is trying to mentally prepare himself. He knows what's coming. But this is one of the last things he teaches his disciples. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, and he laid aside his garments, and he took a towel, and he girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. Again, this was the lowest a servant on the totem pole. This would be their job. And to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. And then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, 
Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand right now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered to him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only then, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Jesus, the Savior of the world, stooped down and washed those nasty feet. Now, you may think, if I were to wash your feet, you might think you have nasty feet. Can I tell you, your feet are no comparison to what these people's feet were. When Jesus washed their feet, they wore sandals there were no cars. There was no taxis. It was a dirt road and animals. And you know what combination dirt road and animals means? Because what do animals do? I'll just leave it right there. And that's all over the road, and you're working, and you're getting that all over your feet. So this, that's why this was the lowest job, because you're washing people's nasty feet. And that's what the Savior of the world did for us. And then the, the most amazing point to me is, and Peter said it. Peter just said what everybody else was thinking. No, Lord, don't wash my feet. Uh, you, that's not a job for you. And Jesus kind of had to rebuke him. And it's kind of interesting. No, in just a few hours, Peter's going to curse and deny him. And Jesus knew that. Jesus washed his feet anyway. And also, you know who else's feet Jesus washed that day? Judas. The one he knew was going to betray him. What does that tell you and I? Well, I'll wash your feet if I love you. I'll wash your feet if you're kind to me. I'll wash your feet if you're not my enemy. No, 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 no. I'll wash your feet no matter what. I will wash your feet because my Savior washed my feet. So I wanted to go over just a few things here. Two critical lessons of Jesus in this, uh, in this story. Number one was his awareness. Uh, if you go back and you read before all this, the disciples are sitting at the table, and you know what they're arguing about? They're arguing about who's the greatest. They're arguing about who's going to get to sit next to Jesus when they all get to heaven. They're arguing about who, who, is, uh, who is higher in the hierarchy. So Jesus had the awareness that these guys were dealing with jealousy, ego, judgment, and self-righteousness. And the Lord knew I need to teach these guys they are not all that. These guys need to understand it is not about being high. It's about being low. All right? And so Jesus had the awareness they needed this lesson. Then number two is the timing. God's timing is always perfect. You see, Jesus knows that the cross is happening in a few hours. They're going to leave that upper room and that last supper, and they're going to go down to a place called the Garden of Gethsemane, and then Judas is going to show up in just a few hours later. They're going to arrest Jesus, and the, the road to the cross begins right there. 
So this is one of the last things that Jesus teaches his disciples. All right? So I'm going to give you just a few things. The path to a blessing. Number one, if you don't learn to serve in secret, you won't serve in public. Again, you don't get to the stage, you don't get the spotlight service if you don't learn to clean the toilet. You don't get to lead worship until you learn to run the vacuum cleaner. You don't get to go, listen, I, I didn't start here. I started under somebody else, and I started not knowing at all what I was doing, and somebody just said, come here, and I will teach you how to do this. Amen. And then I had to do all of the lowly jobs, all of the things. Because if you're not willing to serve in secret, you, you don't, none of us will get to serve in public. All right? You learn, have to learn to be faithful in the little things. I remember being a young man, and like most young people, I kind of had it in my mind. I knew the best way to do everything. Am I the only one? But in my younger days, I, I thought I knew everything. And this was even with Brother Mike. I don't know if you all know this, but the first time... Uh, Landmark was not my first church, but it was about my third church. And I was only about, uh, well, Julie and I got married. I was probably about 23. So I was probably just about 23 years old when I started at Landmark. And I remember seeing Brother Mike do things, and I'd go, and I wouldn't say this because I love Brother Mike and I respected him. But I would think in my mind, Brother Mike, what are you doing? I would not do that that way. That is crazy. I can't how many times I, t I thought in my mind, Brother Mike is crazy. And I know some of y'all thought it too, amen. But I'm here to tell you, he was crazy like a fox, amen. And he was doing it for a reason. And he used to tell me, and now I find myself telling people this, Brother Mark, I know you don't understand this, but there's a method to my madness. And now I find myself telling people that exact same thing. You may not understand why I'm doing it the way I'm doing it, but there is a method to my madness, amen. And so I had to learn. I thought, that preaching, that preacher, if I was the preacher, <laughs> be careful. If I was the preacher, I'd do it this way. And you know what I found out when I became the preacher many years later, 20-some-odd years later at 46? Oh, now I understand. This ain't as easy as he made it look. Now I understand why he did it the way he did it. And people are crazy. Amen. And there's a reason you got to do it the, the way you do it. And so I had to learn and I had to understand that, you know, there's a reason that you do everything. But I had to learn to be a good servant before I could be the pastor. I had to serve, learn how to serve under somebody until I could be the pastor. Amen. Because you can't be a good leader until you learn to be a follower. This is not just true with ministry. This is true at everything in your job. You wonder, well, why am I not the supervisor at work? Or why am I not the foreman at work? It's because you've not learned to be a good servant. Because all you're doing is standing around bad-mouthing the guy in charge instead of being a good servant. You don't have to understand. I told somebody this one time. They, they, they were wanting to quit their job. And I said, uh, well, why are you quitting your job? Well, because the guy, you know, the guy in charge, he's just, uh, you know, he don't do it right. And I try to tell him how to do it right, and he tells me to get to work. And I said, well, you've lost your mind. You've lost your mind. They don't, your boss is the one, look, at, when you get that paycheck, look down there who signs it. If that guy's name is on the check, he ain't paying you and he ain't writing that check to get your opinion or to know what your thoughts are. He's paying you to do what he paid you to do. And he's not asking for your opinion. He's telling you, this is what I want you to do. 
And it's kind of like going in the military. You don't, you don't question. You just say, they say jump. You say how high. And you've got to learn to be a good follower before you'll ever be a good leader. Can I t- if you've ever had a good boss, it's because that boss learned how to be a good follower under somebody else. And that's exactly the way you do it. Number two, if you don't learn how to learn, love, and serve the house of God, then you won't be able to be used by God. If you don't learn to get a servant's heart and put yourself down at the bottom of the bottom of the needs list, then you will never learn how to serve God. You will never be used by God, all right? Number three, if you don't learn how to serve in the insignificant, in the small areas, how can you serve in the big? Again, you can't, you can't really be the Sunday school teacher until you learn how to clean the toilet. You can't really be the worship leader until you learn how to run the vacuum cleaner. If we can't learn to be a servant in the small areas, then how do we ever expect that God's going to bless us enough to serve in the big areas? Number four, the cause of Christ goes through the heart of serving. You have to learn to be a servant. You're never going to be any good in ministry of any sort until you learn how to serve. If Jesus, the Son of God, put on the towel and got down on his knees to clean people's nasty feet, what makes you think you deserve anything better than that? Amen? All right. The traits of a heart to serve. We'll wrap this up. Number one. It has a willingness to get involved. Can I tell you this? Everybody here needs to be doing something. There's no reason that there should not be a waiting list for the cleaning team. There's no reason there shouldn't be a waiting list to get on the yard team. There's no reason there shouldn't be a waiting list to serve in children's church. There's no reason there shouldn't be a waiting list to serve on Wednesday nights in the kitchen. There's no reason there shouldn't be a waiting list for everything. All right? Because God has called all of us. Nobody is sitting on the sidelines. If God has drafted you, you are in the game. Amen? And he has called you to do it. So if you're sitting there saying, Ah, oh, well, I'm just looking for the right spot. Don't be looking for the right spot. Come to me. I'll show you 10 or 20 spots. Amen? And you may say, well, I don't like that one. I don't care. It's got to be done. Amen? And it's got to be done, and it's got to be done every single week. Do you know how many Sundays come every week? 52 of them all year long, every week. And the minute that I finish this one and we say amen and we walk out that door, I got to start thinking about the next one because they come really, really quick. If you teach a Sunday school class, Sunday school teachers, how quick does Sunday get here? Gets here real quick, doesn't it? Amen. Because there's 52 of them and they just keep coming. And they just keep. And guess what? I can't do it one week and say, whoo, aren't you proud of me? Well, Mark, aren't you proud of me? I taught that class. Whew. All right, give me about six months. I'll be ready to do it again. That is not the way it works. Guess what? There's another one coming next week, and I need you to step up and do the exact same thing every single Well, I don't like that. I, 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 that's, that's taxing on me, and that's, I may burn out on that. I don't care. It has to be done. Amen. Do you think I want to get up here and preach every Sunday? No. But God has called me to it. And if God will call you to it, he will put you through it. Amen? And he will give you what you need to do it. So stop making excuses and just step up and do it. Amen? And then maybe somebody will come today and they'll say, Well, Brother Mark, I want to preach for you next week. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not the way it works. Amen? Let me give you the scrub brush. And let's, you start at the toilet, 
And then we'll kind of work up from there. We'll see how you do. Amen? See, that's what, again, that's what we want. We, we want what massages our ego and our pride, but we don't want to go do the small stuff. We don't want to wash people's nasty feet. And I'm here to tell you, you need to wash people's nasty feet. Number two, sees people through grace and mercy of Christ. You got to give people second and third chances. Can I tell you one of the most frustrating things as a preacher is me telling people and the people come to me for advice. I tell them what they need to do. And I know before it ever comes out of my mouth, there's a 99% chance they ain't going to do this. And they're going to go out and do the same thing. Why? Because people are messy. Ministry is messy. People are frustrating. People are crazy. But guess what? God has called me to it. And you got to do it. And you got to see people through the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. If I cut you off every time you made a mistake, I'd be standing here by myself. Amen? Because we all need second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances, don't we? Hundred chances. We all need more chances. And so you have to see through the lens of Jesus Christ. Number three, you got to go low to bring people up. In order for Jesus to wash those feet, he had to get low. And he had to get down on the ground. And he had to lower himself. When's the last time you lowered yourself to serve others? Amen. And number four, you have to have a willingness to get messy to make a difference. You have to have a willingness to get messy. Y'all come on in. Have a willingness to get messy to make a difference. We're going to get the kids to come on in here. Y'all come on back in. And uh, Miss Cindy, you and Gary come sit up front if you would. I'll leave a couple of spots for Miss Cindy and Brother Gary. Awesome. You sure can. It's your day. You can have five minutes. <laughs> so my 30 years of service here, it's been such a blessing. You cannot be blessed more than God will bless you. There's just not any way that you can show up and take care of these babies and love them like your own and not get a blessing week after week, year after year. I have to say thank you. Mark, Shaw, and Pam, stand up, please. <laughs> Brother Mark showed up on my porch 35 years ago or so with Pam's mother, Shirley Clark. I was out of church. I'd quit on God. I wasn't going back. They invited me to come because my children were bus kids on Mark's bus. Yes, I love the bus ministry. They did what it took to get this mama back where this mama needed to be, which was where God wanted me to be. Thank you. The second one on here is Cheryl Wilson. Please stand up, Cheryl. Without Cheryl and her dedication for years and years and years, where nobody sees you, you get out in the heat of the summer, the freezing cold in the winter, in our bus that may or may not make it back <laughs> to bring our children. And we need to honor this lady as much, if not more. I have Brother Terry Davis on here. He came through our Sunday school class one time, and he said, I need a two- and three-year-old Sunday school teacher. I went, oh, me, not me. I just got through teaching and going and working in childcare, and I was done. 
don't ask me to teach those kids. Well, through Brother Terry asking and God not leaving me alone in the wee hours of the night for a couple of weeks, I said, okay, Brother Terry, I will substitute until you get somebody. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> Thank you. Brother Mike, for trusting me and loving me and teaching me what it was all about and having faith to let me walk out of service with his children and your children and trusting me to teach the truth, God's word. For Brother Mark, for when he came, we had many discussions, and I said, Brother Mark, I know the day that God called me to teach, and he hadn't told me to sit down yet, so I would like to continue teaching. And Brother Mark said, well, if God called you to teach and he hadn't said shut up yet, then you just keep right on. Okay. So thank you, Brother Mark. Now, I want everyone who worked in any fashion in vacation Bible school, Sunday school teaching, children's church ministry, and or is still continuing to volunteer, I'd like for you to stand because this village does not happen with me. It happens with every one of you, every one of you. We can't do Halloween Harvest Fest. We can't do Christmas Children's Angels. We can't do anything with just one person. So it's not about me, guys. Every one of you continue doing what you're doing so that we can grow these children and grow our church. Okay, you can sit down. April and Brian and the future workers. I cut it to five, 30 years of learning to teach, 30 years of serving, five statements that I want you to take to heart and do to the best of your ability. And first of all, be thankful to the Lord for your salvation and all he's done for you and be willing to share it. First of all, teach the truth. Guys, how do we teach the truth? What teaches us the truth? The Bible. The Bible. Always, always, always teach the truth, and that's in the Bible. Back up your curriculum, what you choose to share, what you choose to teach. Match it with the Bible and make sure it's the Word of God that you're using on your curriculum. There are key things that need to be taught to these children that they're not getting on a repetitious basis at home. In April, you know what they are, even down to the Pledge of Allegiance to our country and to our Christian flag and to the Bibles. Continue that. Continue paying them. And yes, I bribe these kids with money. There are things that they need to have to heart that they don't mostly don't get taught at home that they need to hide in their heart, and you've got to be the one to teach it over and over and over, and I say every week. Teach the key things. Learn their name. If you can't focus on these children and who they are and a little something about them, you might not be the one that needs to be in there. When they're in trouble, when they're doing wrong, hey, you doesn't work. It means nothing. 
because it's not personal to them. Know their name. Give the plan of salvation often. That's priority even in this, this age. There are children in this age who have said the prayer. And it might not be the one prayer that gets salvation taken care of for them. But it sets the foundation. They know what they need to do. And yes, little ones, Jesus said, let the little ones come to me. So yes, share salvation often. And if you love them, if you love them like Jesus loves you, you'll be successful in serving. And you'll get the blessing. Okay. Amen. 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 Awesome. Y'all will stay right there on the front row. We're going to end in just a moment with some prayer, but uh, we're going to do a couple things. First, Brother JT put together a little remembrance video, and I know this does not include all 30 years or everything that happened within those 30 years, but we got together the best we could of everything to honor you guys, and uh, I think the song is appropriate too. Go ahead, Brother JT. Dreamed I went to heaven And you were there with me we walked upon the streets of gold Beside the crystal sea I Heard these angels singing And someone called your name You turned and saw this young man And he was smiling as he came And he said, friend You may not know me now And he said, but wait you used to teach my Sunday school when I was only eight. Every week you would say a prayer before the class would start. One day when you said that prayer, I asked Jesus in my heart, thank you for giving to
one by one they came Far as your eyes could see Each life somehow touched By your generosity Little things that you had done Sacrifices you made They were unnoticed on this earth In heaven now proclaim And I know up in heaven You're not supposed to cry I'm almost sure there were tears in your eyes As Jesus took your hand and you stood before the Lord He said, my child, look around you Great is your That was changed Thank you For giving to the Lord I am so glad you gave Thank you For giving to the Lord Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you came. I am so glad you. Amen. Cindy, Brother Gary, I'm going to ask y'all to come stand right here. And we put together a, a gift bag, and it's got several things in there. It's got some cards that all the kids signed, and it's got uh, some gift cards in there for y'all to go and enjoy yourself. And I want to tell you, as your preacher, and uh, you know, the way the Lord works things sometimes, uh, they, they come out of left field. And uh, I wasn't looking to be the preacher of Landmark Baptist Church. God just kind of orchestrated that, arranged it. And uh, Brother Mike was, was sick, and he knew he uh, didn't have long. And so I just kind of inherited a lot of things and just kind of got handed the bag, if you will. But I can tell you I would not have survived uh, five minutes, five days, or five weeks without all the people that were already here doing the work and already doing everything, and uh, you are invaluable to me. And it's the only reason we've, uh, you know, here we are four years down the road, and it's the only reason we've survived four years and thrived in four years. Amen. What God has done. Amen. I'm going to ask y'all to stand here, and I'm going to ask the next generation, I'm going to ask April and Brian to come stand on this side over here. Amen. And part of what this represents today is, is uh, we are passing the torch, amen? And again, they're not, Brother uh, Gary and Miss Cindy aren't going anywhere, but we're just kind of trying to ease, ease their load and get ready for the, the next uh, chapter, if you will, amen? 
So I want you all to stand. We're going to sing a song because I believe we need to raise a hallelujah. We're going to end with this song, raise a hallelujah. And then we're going to pray over these guys, amen, as we end tonight. So let's raise a hallelujah. Hang on one second. Let's sing it together. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Sing it out with me.
Miss April wanted to share something. Good morning. Um, when I started here at Landmark, um, I asked where I could serve. And uh, I said, I really like teenagers. That's who I like to work with. And, and he said, Mark said, I don't really need anybody with teenagers. I need somebody with this age group. And I said, I barely liked my own children at that age group. <laughs> and my son's over there. He can attest to that. So I came in with Cindy. And wow, what did I learn? So much. Um, and about week three or four, sorry, I watched her pray with a few children and bring them to the Lord. And I went home to Brian and I said, okay, I'm hooked. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in. And so I love them very much. And when I asked this morning, a few of them were telling me, we were talking about you. And I said, can you tell me something about Miss Cindy that you love? So if you get shy, that's okay. But I'm going to go around to the ones that said something this morning. Marley, what did Miss Cindy do with you? For you. She watched me get baptized and this was for... And that was one of the most special days of my life. Kenna? She prayed about us and she prayed for, prayed for us. Thank you all for us to do. Right. And she also said earlier because you taught her the truth in the Bible. So I just wanted you to hear what they had to say the, about you this morning. And thank you so much for all that you taught me. Because um, when I first started, I felt like I was sitting on top of two or three of them just to keep them still. And I'm like, how do you keep them from doing what they're supposed to do? And, and she shared with me so many invaluable lessons. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited because uh, this is not the uh, end of an era. This is the beginning of a new chapter. And so I wanna, one of the things I want to do for 2024 is that we go out, you know, God has just blessed us. He's blessed us with this uh, children's building out here. And uh, we, we need to go reach young families. They are the future of this church. Amen. Again, uh, us older folks, we ain't doing nothing but getting older. We're going to go be with the Lord. And I, that's okay. I'm looking forward to that. But that means somebody else has got to be here uh, to share the gospel. Somebody else has got to be here to teach the children. Somebody else has got to be here to do all that. So uh, we need to go out. We need to find these young families and teach their children and get mom and dad in here and get mom and dad saved. Uh, you know the statistics. When dad gets saved... 86% uh, of that family will be in church and will, uh, will come and be involved in church. When dad's not involved, it drops all the way down to about 13%. And so we, we know and we understand that we need to go reach these kids. And when you reach the kids, guess what? You reach mom and dad because you reach them through the kids. Amen. Amen. So here's what I want to do tonight, uh, today. I know it's a little crowded. I, it's too real, really crowded to have everybody come up here. But I want everybody out there, if you would, would you extend a hand towards these folks here? And uh, I'm going to pray just a prayer of blessing. And uh, this is very biblical. They would uh, pray a prayer of blessing over each other. And so we just want to pray this prayer of blessing. Father, I thank you today for Gary and Cindy, Lord. I pray that they just know how much we love them, how much they mean to this church. And God, how much they will continue to mean to this church. But God, as we, uh, Lord, commission uh, um, Brian and April, God, and just... Lord, as they step in, God, I thank you for them. And, God, I pray, Lord, that you would do amazing things in the, in the months and the years to come, God. Would we see, I pray that we'd see many, many more children come to know Jesus as their Savior, that we'd see many more kids loved, that we'd see many more kids surrender to the ministry, that we'd see many more kids become adults who continue to serve you and love you, God. Because, Lord, your kingdom marches on. 
But your kingdom marches on because we share the gospel and because we stay with people and we pray with people and we love on people, God. And so, Lord, we love you today. Thank you for today. I pray that, God, you were honored. I pray that we honored Miss Cindy and Gary, God. And, again, we just pray for the future. Uh, Lord, have your hand on us. Holy Spirit, move and bring revival to Landmark Baptist Church. In Jesus' name, and everybody said Amen. God bless you. I know you want to come and you want to love on these guys, so come on up and tell them how much you love them. Brother Mark, I want to say one one thing real quick. While you're standing, I want everybody, we want to, Julie and Brother Mark, to stand out here. We want to honor. This is not going to cost you anything. You're going to clap after you stand up, and then you can walk out. But I want to recognize Brother Mark and, and Sister Julie for the work they've done and what they're going to do, okay? I'm through.